The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight we bring you a veteran of this program who hasn't been on for quite some time. He was gracious enough to accept my invitation with short notice. How short notice, you ask? Well, tonight's interview was supposed to be with someone else. I read his book, conducted my research as usual, but for personal reasons he could not make it. Hopefully he will reschedule. So I immediately called Dr. Richard Allen Miller and asked him if he could fill in immediately, and he did. So let's see what he has to say. He's always a Pandora's box. Stay with us. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, and more. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, Rebounders, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Dr. Richard Allen Miller is one of the pioneers in the study of the paranormal. His work in mind control is unparalleled. Beginning in the early 1970s with Navy Intel, that work included chip implants, drug studies, telepathy, ketamine, and BZ gas, and synthetic telepathy. Today, with newer definitions of what constitutes the mind, that field has taken a new direction. Dr. Miller is in his element, with his take on Dr. Timothy Leary's eight-circuit model of consciousness, Using his holographic model of the universe now allows for a more comprehensive definition of the mind. And we have a more comprehensive bio on our website. You already know him. His website is richardallenmiller.com with one L on Allen. And directly from somewhere in the state of Oregon, I would like to introduce our friend, Dr. Richard Allen Miller. Hello, Rick, and welcome back to Veritas. How are you? Yeah. I'm good. I'm I'm actually good. Thank you for calling me. And it's nice to be back in touch. It was it 2018? I think so. Yeah, it was years before COVID. So let me just disclose something. You know, I've said to you before, to my audience, that sometimes the most stressful things a host can go through, and especially I am very selective of who I choose every week. But every time I have somebody, I read a book or I do a extensive research. You know that for the past almost 15 years. Well, I had someone who I'm not going to explain, but uh, at the end of the day, missing in action. So what, what did I do? I immediately called Dr. Richard Allen Miller, and he complied. And he said that he filled in uh, because this interview airs the day after we record it. And here he is. Richard, a lot of things... <laughs> a, a lot of things are happening around the world right now. I don't even know where to begin, but this morning you sent me something from Natural News where basically they're saying we have three months of food production, and after that, who knows what's going to happen. The world will starve. I think that might be a little bit too too negative to exaggerate it, or maybe not. What is your take I, on that? 
I, I concur, but that was a little private thing I have with Dr. Norm Shirley and Leo Cassidy and a couple of other old people from the USA for Paris. Uh, we, I did 10 years of radio uh, every week, and Nor Dr. Norm Shirley became a really good close personal friend, and we did an experiment with some children, and it, it was incredible because uh, it led uh, sixth graders. Uh, uh, over two years, we did a classroom of school children from different schools that would ask questions that they couldn't find answers to in their school system. And I can give you some examples in a minute, but what we, it was amazing to give that child that level of empowerment. And then we did a second book. Uh, what happened later after they were 21 years old and how that ability to go on national news and ask, ask, ask questions, national radio, and how it affected their lives. And um, that, those two books are going to be really interesting because children ask the darndest questions. That's the title of the first one. And it would be a question like, if pigs are so smart, how come parrots can talk and pigs can't? <laughs> yeah. it, uh, you know, <laughs> it's an insightful um, insight, boys. Children, in my humble opinion, are possibly our single most important natural resource. And we're squandering it in our educational processes. I'm 78 years old, and even when I was growing up in the Philippines, um, by the way, you, by the way, your volume might be too high because you're distorting. Okay, I'll, I'll try not to be so excited. <laughs> uh, when I was growing up in the Philippines, I had Latin in second grade, and I had when I was in high school, they had mechanical drawing and home economics and shop wood shop, all these different skill sets that high schools are no longer offering. And um, leaving no child behind. I think everybody's being left behind because of this. And I, thought, I you know, wanted to do something different in educational processes. And it wasn't exactly like that movie that Tom Hanks did about children. But I feel like we're doing something terrible. Now, in national, jumping to the other question, part of your question, national news is uh, and the natural news is a, uh, a big brand by a bunch of different places. I don't know how to make judgment on Hellringer, uh, but Norm Shealy is an old fan, and so, so was Luke Cassidy, and they were commenting. And when they made comment on this note that he put out, I actually did some studies for the military and the Department of Interior back in the early 70s regarding Carrington-like events in Doomsday 1, 2, and 3. And one of the reasons why I could make an argument that I feel like we're in a Petri dish. Now, you know, be, aside from New World Order, the Democratic Party, and infiltrations and whatever going on, uh, there's something else going on. I feel like I'm David Copperfield with an empty bowl, and I'm hungry, telling the Lord, Lord, I, I'm still hungry for something more than the physical world. And I can prove to you that consciousness isn't real. It is a shared dream. 
and that there are dream states that have more content to reality than even Chew me up. Where was I? <laughs> well, basically, a question. The question, question, comment is: the Earth only has three months' supply of food. If production stops, humanity has nothing to eat in ninety days. Look, I understand. I really appreciate what Mike Adam does, but obviously, sometimes some of his titles are so so dire that if you read his stuff every day, you either are so awake or you become <laughs> depressed. Um, I'm not sure what to say. There's a lot of variables going on here, one of which is the Midwest, just a recent news article today I saw, has lost 35% of its topsoil. Now, I remember when I was lecturing with Acres USA out of uh, Kansas City, flying in an aircraft, and you could see their topsoil in the air. I mean, I'm not kidding. It was, you know, the winds and everything, because of the chemicals and other kinds of things that they were using for agribusiness to be distinguished differently from small farm ag, where you can't afford to, you know, spray everything and nuking it with such things as Roundup. Um, that is one of the things. My take on it has to do with some studies I did with the Department of Interior on Carrington-like events. These are doomsday events where mankind is uh, pushed back to zero again. And that's one of the reasons I said I could make an argument about being in a Petri dish, because it seems like if time is, is not real, what does it mean to say we've been here before, like the Vermont uh, aircraft, uh, that kind of thing, where there's evidence of high technology, and then mankind starts back at zero again, pretty much like human versus GMO, and Cro-Magnon versus Neanderthal. Um, something else is going on here, and I don't understand it. And if I can't understand it, um, that that's, <laughs> I mean, the military deployed me when I was 15 and a half years old. Old man DuPont came because I was, a, I was, I was one of these whiz kids that was doing code for NASA. And I see things that other people don't. But I, when I, I know I don't know. And by the way, just so everybody understands it, physics is not real. It will not get you there. It'll get you close. Like Simon says, you can go halfway to the door. But physics begins all processes with an assumed truth. And then it goes to definitions. And that demonstrates the limitation of our ability to conceptualize. In the food chain, has anybody ever out there been hunted by a grizzly bear? <laughs> I have. And let me tell you, you know, there's elements out there that are way smarter than you are. And it's scared. That's one of the reasons I don't hunt anymore. I was, my dad was a bounty hunter, took out old grizzly bears when, when, uh, as a, as a hobby up in Washington. Uh, and the problem was they, the, the farmers have these old bears coming in out of Canada and they'll hunt you. Uh, they, 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 they're too old to hunt and they're really smart. Their brain case is large. And let me tell you, when we dropped the bear, there were like 28 other attempts on that bear. They're almost indestructible and you couldn't carry a large enough ordinance. My dad used a 400 Thompson slug 
where he put a 22 long rifle, slug, a, a 22 shell inside the slug so that when it hit the Barrett, it exploded. And I was, you know, thinking I was a hot shot with my 30 on sex, which is completely underpowered. And I learned a lesson, a really, really valuable lesson at that time. Um, Carrington-like events are when things happen. We always, like Suspicious Observer and others, used to think it was keyed off on the sun. And I did a study for the Department of Interior. Now, this came out of studies of Yugoslavia. At that time, Russia, they had a book out, Ostrander and Schroeder, called Psychic Discoveries Behind the Iron Curtain. And while we knew about aliens back then, we were way more concerned with what the Russians were doing because that was during the period of the space race. And so they deployed man in that arena where I did a couple of tours at Groom Lake and did some artifacts, but mostly my primary was in paranormal phenomena. That's what I did. I was able to see things people don't say, like, you know, the herb growing in the grass, that kind of thing. And so I um, was asked to do this one on a new direction in our concepts of space and time. And one of them had to deal with space where astrology had become astronomy and will eventually lead us to a new technology called cosmo biology. Now, Yanov was a Yugoslav that had written a book called The Lunar Sex Cycle of the Female. When, the, when a woman is born, uh, an engram is set into her DNA on when she ovulates, with the phase of the moon. And because the moon is so close to the Earth, if she moves to a different part of the Earth, that engram changes. And now we had a concept of birth control. And so they wanted to extend this to other concepts of going from astronomy to celestial geometry and how it sets up resonant cavity oscillations in the DNA. And that's an old study of mine that I did way back 1976. And now as part of a new field theory, that I'm going to write, knock on wood, <laughs> um, with two Russians on the concept of going not from a holographic system dealing with information and how information folds down into itself or out of itself like a fractal, but I'm going to be using a form of not theory writing about the multiverse, the space between when a proton is a particle and when it becomes a wave, that is where the multiverse is. And some of my equations are now demonstrating that one of the simplest concepts of it is that when you see your daughter or son, um, that is basically at that moment, you having made a different decision. And that's only one of the basic first things that are coming out of this new math that I'm doing. That's how awful or how distorted the concept of space is and time. We have no idea what we're doing here. So, so we went, so we went from 90 days until we starve 
to to cosmobiology. Let's let's focus. Let's focus. Okay. So we're discussing this event right now. We see what's happening in Ukraine. Uh, but wheat, a lot of wheat comes from that part of the world. Uh, in the United States, the federal government has paid farmers not to produce. So it's almost like they have this this uh, implosion. Or, or, or controlled demolition of the United States. But you mentioned one word, Vimanas. Vimanas that existed thousands of years ago in India, flying machines. And people say, you know, how were they able to do that? So I have a question for you. I'm looking at a map from 1450. This map from 1450 has the entire continent of Africa full without a single ounce of desert. Completely. The west of the United States also. So this is before Columbus allegedly came to rediscover this part of the world. So what happened that created, because people think desert, they think of Sahara, they think of parts of Arizona and California and New Mexico. But there's also, I call those infernal deserts. But what about invernal deserts? Snow. We're talking about the North Pole. We're talking about Antarctica. There's a desert there as well full of snow. And they're covering what used to be Hyperborea and parts of the North Pole where the magnetic north or close by is. What do you think happened that created all these places in Africa, uh, thousands and thousands of square miles of desert that used to be populated and civilization used to exist there fully? Those are seasonal changes that are what we call Carrington life events, uh, near extinction events where there are global mass land changes because of pole shifts and or something from the sun. And what I've discovered back in 1976 is that using the concept of celestial mechanics, when the planet Uranus is in a specific geometric alignment with the Earth and the sun, there's a major Carrington-like event, probably I-5 is, uh, uh, on the West Coast, is going to shift into the ocean. Now, everybody's those are, we've been talking about that for a long time and when it's going to happen. And there's a volcano off of Crescent City that uh, is active. And that will be, according to Edgar Casey, others, uh, what will set off this Carrington-like event. And everybody's got different dates. One of the reasons they did the Parker Dive last winter is to determine the beginning of that end. And on these seasonal changes where there's this complete, massive, immediate change on global changes on the Earth. It isn't like gradual. It, 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 it's, there's warnings leading up to it, and then it happens. And when it happens, it's catastrophic. And uh, for the people living in that area, and things like food become serious. That's why they had the repositories for seed. That's why they do that. That's why, you know, people are talking about survival and, you know, arming up, making sure you have water, blah, 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 uh, survivalist. Um, the geometry is set off by a solar minimum. And be, like the moon it does your phasians once a month. When you want to know what's going to happen astrologically, they've used the moon as a trigger mechanism 
that sets off events for a change in your life. Uh, Saturn. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.